Hey everyone, welcome to The Start, I'm Patrick. And I'm Nick. This episode, we're with John Gold. He joins us from five hours in the future over there in London. Um, John is a designer, programmer, um, ex-sort of still-going musician. He currently works at Makeshift and he's joining us to have some fun. This is The Start. John, welcome to the start. Hey guys, how's it? Yeah, how's it going? How you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm good. It's a uh, dark, cold uh, January, fe- February, February uh, evening in London. Uh, but you know, it's cool. It's cool. I'm glad what, to be uh, here. What time is it over there? You mm. guys are like five hours ahead of us, right? Uh, yeah. So it's kind of seven o'clock in the evening. Um, almost time for another episode of Top Gear, which is like the only good thing uh-huh. about <laughs> Sunday evenings. Now we don't have any more football on, so. Oh yeah, what was the what was the the time delay on the Super Bowl? Oh, like late. It's always like just super late. So I think we finished at about wow. four a.m. or something. Oh um, gosh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you didn't, miss, you think? Like, didn't miss much. It's more like Super Bowl Mondays rather than Super Bowl Sundays. Um, yeah, I don't know. If I wasn't hosting the party, I would have probably gone to bed by that point. To be honest, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't such a great game. No, so bad. Ugh. Oh well. I mean. You know, we got next year, I guess, to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so John, why don't you tell us, you know, the basics about who you are, what you do, how you came to be, who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, so, I guess I'm a designer slash developer. Um, I've always thought of myself as a designer, but these days I do quite a lot of kind of full stack development, um, you know, front ends, JavaScripts, um, MVC stuff, and then lots of rails as well um so i guess i do full stack development people say that i have to also call myself mm-hmm. a developer um but i i just see myself as a designer um so right now i work at a company called makeshift which is um it's like a startup studio kind of labs setup where we work on lots of our own different startup ideas um and right now i'm focusing on a project that i started called hire my friend which is an anonymous recruitment network um you i guess you get your get your friends to help you find a new job that you love um, without letting your boss know that mm-hmm. you, you yeah, it's a very, very good <laughs> idea. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. We, uh, well, I, we found that, you know, lots of people are really, really good at what they do. Um, it's easy to move around if you're a freelancer um, or if you're unemployed, it's kind of quite easy in this industry to be like, you know, Hey guys, um, can you just tweet mm-hmm. around my portfolio or something? as soon as you're in a full-time job you just can't do that at all you know so we find lots of really talented people stuck in jobs they hate um, so we're trying to fix that um so i've worked there for about a year um i guess i can go all the way back to the beginning if you want take us back um, yeah definitely that'd be great yeah okay so i've always done computery stuff um i got my first computer when i was like six or seven this was just when uh windows 95 came out um how old are you now john i'm 20 mm-hmm. god how old am i i'm 20 something 20 cool. mid 20s and 25 that's the one um yeah it's a difficult question um and 
I so very shortly after getting this computer, um, I didn't actually have an internet connection at home, but for some reason I loved the web. I guess I've been exposed to it at school or on my parents, oh, sorry, on my friends' computers or something like that. Um, and I just used to make loads of websites, like, you know, terrible, 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 mm-hmm. like six, seven year old websites, obviously. This is like, you know, BR, B tag and stuff. They were yeah. you know, ter- terrible little things. Um, yeah, I was just, I remember like for a couple of years in uh, elementary school being obsessed with making websites on floppy disk and <laughs> giving them to my friends on floppy disk because my parents wouldn't get me, uh, wouldn't get me a modem um, for quite a while, actually. Um, so that was, I think that was one kind of formative point in that kind of led to this path. I always liked, you know, I've always kind of had that making things on computers, not very well, um, part of my personality. Um I guess in elementary school as well, just looking back, I kind of remember um, being obsessed with, like, when we used to, I don't know, make, like, cards and stuff in school, I always used to, like, you know, take real care in, like, drawing mm-hmm. the typography, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, a single-story A or a double-story G or, you know, those kind of uh, peculiar little type details that, you know, kids really shouldn't be bothering about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I, d- I just didn't really think of any think anything of it at the time. Uh, but years later that was like another little thing. I was like, ah, I guess I should have just like realized that graphic design was a thing when I was in preschool or elementary school. Um, and I guess the other thing that, again, I kind of forgot about until relatively recently is that in the 90s, I was totally obsessed with like, yeah, I was, so I was obsessed with computers. I totally wanted to be like Bill mm-hmm. Gates when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I later found out that I couldn't be Bill Gates because, you know, Bill Gates is mm-hmm. Bill Gates. Um, yeah. But I wanted to, you know, start a computer company or, do something and i guess this would have been just around when the first dot-com boom was going around you know my parents weren't in startups or anything like that but maybe there was some exposure to it there um so that was in elementary school and then i like pretty much forgot about that stuff yeah, i forgot about web design and stuff for like six years or so um i used to like play around with photoshop and stuff during secondary school what do you what do you guys call yeah. it um during high, high school, school. Yeah. Um, but I never really wanted to be a graphic designer. I didn't know that was really a thing. I didn't know it was cool. I didn't know that yeah, web design that's was crazy cool. to me. Um, so, yeah, so there was a period where you just totally stopped on that path, sort of. Well, I was kind of messing around with websites a little bit, and I was still, you know, on computers all the time, but mainly on MySpace and stuff. Um, and I was still, like, playing with Photoshop. And actually, I just saw my DeviantArt <laughs> profile the other day from when I was, like, 13. And, nice. yeah, that's not good. Um, Wait, is it still up? Yeah, we'll have to add It is still up. And if you guys are really, really nice, I might give you a link. I'm okay, not promising cool. anything. We won't put it in the show notes if you give it to us. Promise. I might give, I might give you a screenshot, not the actual thing, so I can take it down. Anyway, um, <laughs> shit. So I, so I remember in high school, I was obsessed with, like, making things like you know woodwork and metalwork and stuff i still love design technology um i was actually not very good at it at all but i was you know i really love that kind of stuff and uh, you know like making these terrible terrible like shelves and tables and media units and i really like doing computer-aided design uh, cad stuff um, okay. but i refused to like take the graphic design course at school i've got no idea why like, looking back i was a bit of an idiot i mm. just should have done that stuff so, so that was high school. And then after high school, um, I left, I got kicked out of my high school at 16, went to another college. Um, and you know, my parents like, you've got to, you've got to do something, you know, you can't, um, yeah. you can't, you can't like not go back to, you know, you can't not go back to school. So I was like, you know, I'll just pick, I'll pick a random thing. Um, on the, you know, on the open day there, there were a couple of different 
computer-ish courses. I always liked the idea of kind of video editing, that kind of stuff. Um, On the day it turned out, there weren't any places left on that course. So I just kind of signed up for the next available thing. Like the next table over was graphic design. I was like, well, you know, Mm -hmm. fuck it. Um, I'm, you know, I was playing in like punk bands, trying to be a rock star at the time. Um, And all of my older friends in like the London rock scene, all the cool guys seem to be kind of graphic designers as a day job. And they used to make these cool kind of album covers and posters and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I I guess I thought I could just kind of get in on that. And, you know, just until, you know, until I actually became a rock star, just be a graphic designer. Um, It turned out that I wasn't very good at music. Um, Well, (laughs) I I still, I still kind of play, but you know, the whole rock star thing didn't really pan out. Um, But I fell in love with graphic design. So, um, the specifics of that course um in the uk it's called college um i think the us equivalent might be community college it's okay it's like an alternative to high school when you're kind of 16 to 18 i got um, yeah, I, I, i'm not sure no, exactly I how tell it you, we, we actually may not even have something like like that do we yeah because community college in the states is essentially your first two years of college if you right. don't go to a four-year university so right. I guess the only equivalent would be if you were a high school student and wanted to take co- community college level courses or the uh, the first and second mm-hmm. year college courses, and that's like dual enrollment or advanced placement. Or yeah, but or, you don't get to do it trade. for fun stuff. Or trade, you do it for like you can do it. Yeah, do it. or okay. trade school. This stuff was all like relatively vocational, so there was no. Well, it was a pretty crappy place, so there wasn't many people doing mm-hmm. you know economics or maths okay. or politics or anything like that. So it was all kind of art and design and i think there was like you know people doing construction and stuff anyway so um that so that was for two years until i was i think 18 19 or something but that was enough for me to kind of discover um like swiss design you know joseph miller brockman and grid systems and helvetica i think the helvetica movie Mm. came out while i was there and i watched that and i was like yeah this is this is fucking sweet um so it's a good movie I, i like it a lot yeah that thing kind of I need to rewatch it. Actually, I haven't seen it for a couple of years, but that thing totally like changed how I, you know, saw what I was doing. You know, instead of making these crappy like rock album covers, you know, the kind of uh-huh. overly photoshopped stuff, I was like, oh no, you know, I just want to be a graphic designer now. Yeah. Um. So after that, I did go to um university, mm-hmm. I guess college, whatever you want to call it, like proper college. After that, um, I went to a place called Ravensbourne, which was at the time they told us it was you know one of the better um graphic design colleges in the uk um had a big kind of modernist design history over their heritage um it's like a big modernist like rectangular building and stuff um so then i went there i went there for three years um and again you know by the time i started i was already full in so like you know i just want to like make shit like joseph miller brockman and vim crowl and stuff mm-hmm. um and then I realized that I guess I just didn't really like the educational process. I didn't really engage with what they were doing there. Um, I was freelancing constantly during uh, during uni and, you know, doing internships during the summers and all of that stuff, working at uh, web design agencies and uh, advertising agencies in London and stuff. Um, yeah, uni was this weird thing. I guess by the time I got there, um, 2009, 2010, I realized that print design was kind of it's felt a bit stale yeah um i guess dying i guess you kind of see the career prospects there but also it just felt like fuck this isn't fun and um you know the the web stuff Mm -hmm. is a lot more fun um there was this quote i loved by uh jan tischold in um 
I discovered this quote from 1929, um, just when he was kind of inventing, you know, modernist typography, which was this great radical new thing. And he said, um, you know, all type, uh, all typography created today should bear the hallmark, the hallmark of the age um, it's created in, and you know, not seek to replicate work from an earlier time. Hmm. Um, and when I reread that quote um, at uni, I realised that um, as much as I idolised this stuff from the 20s, the 50s, whatever, trying to replicate it in, you know. 2010 2015 whatever was completely futile like we should be you know forging our own path you know standing on the shoulders of giants but um i guess i saw what a lot of my tutors were teaching was just like you know we do this stuff this way because these people did stuff this way and it hadn't really Mm. moved with the times yeah um so then i kind of remembered that oh wait a second i can write html and you know i kind of been on the back burner for a while but i didn't really link it up properly i didn't really you know i didn't know too much about you know, startups or interface design yeah. or anything like that you mean you mean you didn't realize you can make money making myspace themes <laughs> oh god <laughs> man i uh yeah i those things were a nightmare to code that was like oh, actually god. that's like, still how i write html um you, you know <laughs> like table trtd like just the worst stuff ever um, so i didn't mind but yeah I, I just never had the idea to make money from that stuff my um the first I don't even know if this is like a real HTML tag or some random um, MySpace shit, but my girlfriend in high school got me on MySpace, and I was late to MySpace then, and I was like, I don't care because I played I played sports, so mm-hmm. I wasn't I didn't care. Um, yeah. No, it looks like this is like a real thing. Um, the first thing I ever learned was like the marquee tag to make <laughs> text go across, mm-hmm. you know, a section, and nice. I forget what it said, but that was my first foray into any type of html i guess if you will so i discovered something really really uh devastating a couple of weeks ago there was um i was at build conference and there was a talk by one of the guys from um, archive.org and i realized that the internet wayback machine has an archive of my myspace page um and it's just the (laughs) probably yours as well probably yours as well so you know maybe we can start a new business kind of extorting people or you know publicizing their myspace pages anyway so um so that's so great yeah (laughs) so i guess halfway through college i was like oh yeah actually you know interaction design is totally sweet and you know discovered kind of startups discovered the san francisco valley kind of thing and then became obsessed with that and then until the end of college again i didn't really do much work while I was there which is kind of reflected in my final grade but you know whatever and I uh, you know spent quite a lot of time you know freelancing for different startups and you know local ones and ones in in the valley and stuff um you know like getting myself up to speed with what was current with you know CSS3 was starting to come around then responsive web design I guess had just about started um and it was an exciting time um so for for the most part yeah, though you were so, learning all that sort of on your own right because you said that the classes just weren't like vibing with you and Okay. Yeah, totally. We had like a, I think we had like one six week, you know, hour a week web design course um, for the whole time I was in college, and that was like here's a table tag, you know, that, here's like a rollover, and we had to use mm. Dreamweaver. So mm. that oh, was, that's so bad. Yeah, I mean, it was better than nothing, but yeah. like I, 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 it was sad for me because I wanted all my friends at this point, you know, to get into you know, great, great. Um, great web design uh, sorry great graphic designers i wanted these guys to get into uh making websites as well and they were like this sucks you know this is really boring and, you know of course it's boring if you're going to do that kind of stuff in dreamweaver so it's a shame that that kind of education really didn't engage with you know with people yeah 
So, okay, um, jumping in yeah. quickly here then, uh, what was your first or notable um, big project, uh, you know, post-college? So you said you were freelancing, working on some things. Um, what was the, the first big one that, stand, that sticks out? Oh, so this was a good one. Um, so for the last couple of weeks of college and just after I graduated, um, I was working with Prismatic in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, so... At the time, they were kind of a really, really young, exciting startup. I think at the point, it was just two co-founders. Um, and so I did their branding, um, you know, the logo design and all of that stuff um, for my last projects at college. And then after that, I moved out to San Francisco for just as long as I could with my visa um, to you know, work on some product design with them. Um, so that was, that was really cool. I you know, came straight out of college. And yeah, How did you... Know, the uh... next day got, Mm-hmm. How'd you find that gig? Cause, and I only ask because it doesn't sound like, and I could be totally wrong, it doesn't sound like that there's much connection between where you were and then them being in San Francisco, unless it was just like you admired them and reached out? No, I didn't actually. So um, I think it, it was through LinkedIn. I think there ended up being a couple of mutual connections. Um, my cousin's a software engineer, but I don't think he gave me an intro. I think it was just a kind of LinkedIn, you know, suggesting... Um, suggesting people thing and they reached out to me so that was that was pretty lucky you know i'm pretty grateful for that opportunity uh, yeah that's pretty yeah, that sweet was, yeah that was really fun so you know got on a plane to san francisco i think the day after i left college or something that was that was sweet wow mm-hmm. that's pretty nuts man um so and that was a freelance project right yeah, um, at the point, I think it was just in between some visa periods, and it was kind of difficult for to turn that into a full time role. Um, you know, it's a shame. I think I would have liked to stay there um, in the long run. But yeah, I was just there for kind of three ish months, I think, something like that. Cool. And then you went back to the UK. Yeah, so I went back to the UK and um, for yeah, just went around kind of freelancing for a couple of other different startups. Um, None of them are too exciting, um, but you know that's that's kind of how it goes. Um, yeah. I think I learned a lot about business um, for the next while after that. So um, worked at an enterprise startup, which was actually kind of cool because I got to you know like design an entire mm-hmm. enterprise product. Um, yeah. I don't think it actually got implemented like that. Um, oh, then I worked for some like proper like startup douchebag guys who owed me like ten thousand pounds for about a year. Mm. Like so, fuck oh, them. Gosh. Um, yeah. That's when I decided I hated freelancing. Um, and I worked for a couple of other little startups. Um, and then after that, I went to work at, I guess my f- pr- first proper full-time gig was a, a startup called Evently um, okay. in London. So, yeah, that, that was pretty fun. Um, it's a, it was an event kind of event management program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great for me to just be in an environment. I think I was there for about nine months. To, uh, so it was great for me to be in a place where, you know, there was a great, great cre- creative director there, some absolutely shit hot technical people um you know i basically learned rails just from listening to these guys talk Um, that's awesome yeah that was cool so that was just when i was like um you know getting like really hardcore into you know writing ruby and like writing like grown-up javascript and stuff so i don't think i was doing too much of that stuff in my role but um you know i was kind of hacking on stuff in the evenings and weekends and it was great to just have you know, people that I could go into face to face and ask questions of, um, ask questions to. So 
yeah, that was that was really so cool. So you were freelancing. Um, you said you got kind of soured by it because of you know the the administrative stuff that comes with freelancing, which is you know trying to hunt down money and, and things like that. But did it did it ever occur to you during yeah. this time, or did you ever have a thought about building your own product? You know, about actually uh, creating your own startup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a couple of times I did. Um, I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't. Uh, do stuff then i think i found like my old yc application form from you know mm. just after i got back from prismatic actually and i'm really glad that i didn't go to try and do yc then because i just don't think i was experienced enough you know i hadn't seen enough products from start to you know some bit of traction um so actually after so i left um eventually um yeah i think i was there for about nine months and it got to the point where i don't know i was just getting bored of doing the same stuff all the time um, so I decided to go, well, I decided to just kind of quit and figure out mm-hmm. what was going to happen next. Um, kind of planning, my plan was to um, go back to freelancing, but like three days a week and then have two days a week to build my own products. So that was actually what I planned to do. Um, and actually that didn't work out mm-hmm. either. Um, I, so I I left the company and I was all ready to do this, you know, this great plan. I think I had like a logo for my studio and like some Mm -hmm. app ideas and all this stuff. Um, And I just, so to pay the bills, I was freelancing at a place called Sidekick Studios, which is a really, really great, um, you know, product design place in London. Um, So I was there for a couple of weeks when I met the guys who would go on to found Makeshift. Um, Were they working there as well? Yeah, so Nick... Um, one of the co-founders of Makeshift was, I guess he was the design director there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steph, um, another one of the co-founders, was on like a long-term freelance contract there. Um, so just as I got there, like really, really, you know, great, great timing, I guess. You know, they just announced that they were leaving to form um, this amazing studio, Makeshift, where um, we'd you know, get to work on our own different products and it would just be you know, really, really cool. Um, so... Until they uh, until makeshift properly started, I stayed at Sidekick for another couple of weeks, um, you know, just to pay rent and stuff, and then I went cool. straight there. So actually, I never really got time to you know do my own studio thing like I've been planning. But you know, yeah. well, the makeshift it kind of is, out. it's a unique model, so it seems like it almost kind of fit what you were going to try to do, anyways. Yeah, it totally did. It meant I got to work on lots of different products. You know, not all my own, but that you know, I also didn't have any clients, so you know, I was working with really yeah. really great people. Um, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, paying rent or any of the, you know, the boring stuff. Um, I still think someday, like I, that's definitely, definitely the model that I want to go back to in however many years until I get to that point, um, you know, save up some money and then just work on my own stuff and try and make that sustainable. Um, I really like what, you know, Drew Wilson gives off this impression that he's just like, just totally nailing it, like working on his own fun stuff all of the time. It's like Um, he never sleeps. Yeah, and Sam as well, actually. Sam Sofez, you know, just they're just so awesome. Yeah. I've huge, hugely inspired by those guys. I want to know what coffee they drink. It's mm. crazy. I don't know. See, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know how they kind of get that productive. Um, but hey, you know, those guys. Um, so yeah, so I've been at Makeshift for about a year now, and I've worked on a whole bunch of different products. Um, there's, uh, yeah, so I was talking about hi, my friend earlier. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to know about the different products or. Well, how about this? Because I mean, I think it sounds like we'll inherently talk about the products through some of yeah, your yeah, experiences. Yeah. So, like, it's makeshift is is probably been the place. It sounds like you're pretty amped up about, which is good. 
yeah. I'm 25, Nick's 26, so like to have you know our peers to be amped up about the place they work is pretty freaking sweet because it doesn't come around too often. But has there ever been any like um, problematic moments at makeshift? Not problematic in that like you wanted to quit, but like um, I don't know, maybe something went wrong with uh, hire my friend and you guys had to find a way to fix it, and it was like sort of all on you. Or is there any like success stories and any of the other products that you've worked on there? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that stuff just happens all the time, and it's how you deal with it that matters. Um, there have definitely been times where I've broken the build, or shit. Just the other day, um, I was just going through. I accidentally deployed something that wasn't finished yet. Um, <laughs> you, I think we shit. We yeah. Not to make us sound like total cowboys, but yeah, we. Uh, you know, I think just generally in startups, you run into these issues along, yeah. you know, along the way, or you know, you upset a customer accidentally, or you know, any, anything like that. Um, it can, it, it happens. Um, it, it happens, or you know, a smaller thing like maybe you deploy a new version of the site and your tracking code isn't off, so you know that breaks all the funnels or you know, whatever it is. Um, these things happen all the time. I think that's just kind of part of the process. Um, you can either kind of get stressed out about it and, you know, or you, know, you mm. could get fired about it depending on how your managers are, or, yeah. you know, you can just kind of limit, limit damage and kind of move on with things. Um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, every time I have a hard day or something, then, then Twitter goes down or GitHub goes down or Google goes down, Facebook goes down for a couple of minutes. I'm like, maybe it's okay if my site's offline for, you know, 30 seconds every, uh, every couple of weeks or something. Yeah, grand uh, scheme of things, we all well, we're not going to die if the site isn't up, so we'll be okay. No, and like at the time of recording, anyway, we're not charging money for hire my friends just yet. So you know, I think we can be a little bit more, uh, you know, quick and fast, I guess, with releases. Um, I think that's obviously different if you know people are paying you a hell of a lot of money for you know guaranteed mm-hmm. uptime or something. Um, but if it was those cases, I guess we probably wouldn't run into that. Um, I think the other thing is just uh, it's just like an ongoing thing. It's just process, I guess. Like I think there are, there were points where my, I felt my process was really good, and then as I've learned new tools, new techniques, or taken on new roles and responsibilities or whatever, um, you know, maybe my process, my pro- uh, my project management style has probably suffered. Um, you know, there are, I think there are times when I find that I just can't seem to get going, um, and then times when it comes completely naturally. So. I've been taking some time recently to, you know, try and stay aware of those things and, um, you know, make sure I just focus on, you know, getting back to normal and, uh, you know, leveling things out. No, that's important. Um, The balance is absolutely important there. Sticking with this whole, um, I guess, horror story kind of theme, um, but but more toward a hurdle. Uh, So not so much right now, but, but... Growing up, going through this whole story just told us, were there any big hurdles um, that you had to overcome? You know, was there anything that got in the way um, that you found a solution to or somehow uh, got through? Um, I guess at times, because I'm a, I guess I'm a designer, but I don't think I'm like a great designer, but I also write a lot of codes. Um. I never know if that's like, I have a load of self-doubt as to whether that's like the right thing for me to be doing or whether I should just focus on, you know, becoming, you know, just focus on my design design skills and like really nail that stuff. Um, so, you know, constantly I have um, you know, self-doubt about that. Um, you know, and there have been times where I've got rejected for gigs because people, you know, just want a visual designer or just want a UX designer 
just want a, um, a front-end developer. It's interesting. And, you know, at the time, you're like, shit, maybe I should... Yeah, you know, you're like, shit, maybe I should specialize a bit more. Um, but I think in the long run, you know, just stick to stick to your guns and, um, you know, just, just do what you think's right. Um, just, you know, just go for what you're really passionate about. Um, I think there's, you know, enough opportunity in this industry that you can focus on trying to make money from what you like to do um, rather than just looking at the first job role you see um, or the most common job roles you see available and just you know targeting yourself to that so you can be like fuck it I want to have this combination of skills and figure it out later you know figure out how you're gonna find that kind Mm. of work was there was there ever a time um, was there ever a time when you were like well I don't want to be a rock star anymore I'm not really into this graphic design stuff. And you're like, eh, maybe I'll be a plumber. Like, was there ever like that alternate um, potential career path you thought about going down even if for a split second? Um, I'm trying to think. I think there was definitely a point before I picked the graphic design thing where I was like, I've got no idea what I want to see. Like, I just Probably have no idea our, at uh, all. Listeners, yeah. Um, like I, yeah. Um, I think from the time I fell in love with graphic design, I always wanted to do something to do with it in some way. Um, recently, I find myself uh, doing lots of similar-ish products, um, which, you know, they're all great. I, I love working on everything that I, I'm working on. But I sometimes, I guess, wonder if it's exactly the kind of thing I want to be doing. Um, so, you know, there's lots of web apps, lots of that kind of stuff. Um, and I was rewatching some old Brett Victor videos the other day when he's just doing this crazy kind of sciencey, mathsy, you know, information visualization, you know, creating new interface interaction paradigms, you know, this like really kind of researchy, thinky design stuff. And I guess sometimes I wonder or worry that I'm just solving too many of the same kinds of, you know, mm iterative problems rather than doing anything like completely completely radical um which is i guess what i'd like that, to be doing yeah um so so recently you know maybe i'm trying to think what products i can try out in my spare time to kind of change that up a bit sticking with that for for a second um what then uh keeps you going you know what does give you this drive is it is it that is it is it solving the, these problems um or is it just that you love it you know what what actually does uh, give you the drive I think it's a mix of things. Um, I, you know, I think everyone likes to think they're doing something that helps people. So for hire my friends, you know, I love the idea that I've built something that you know has got some people mm-hmm. employed. That's you know that's really cool. Um, on other, you know, on other days, um, you know, maybe on, on other products, um, yeah, you know, I love I love doing what I do, but sometimes that's not enough. Um, I think sometimes shit, you just need to you need to make something that your friends think is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think that's like a little bit short-sighted and a little bit I don't know valley echo chamber or something but really I have I've got some really talented friends and whenever they release something that's really cool you know it makes me think shit Mm -hmm. I better do something that's you know twice as good Um, so I think you know a little bit of that kind of healthy competitiveness is uh, is good Um, yeah what what is sorry sorry to interrupt keep going no sorry you go all right um so, you know, we talk about these – we're using the term products, right, mm-hmm. um, which is totally fine because that's exactly what they are. They're things that we put out in the world for other people to use. 
whether it's at makeshift or on your own products, what sort of like what meets the time what what actually gets the time of day to be worked on for you? Like what's the process there? How do you say, okay, um idea A, I'm going to make an idea B, I'm not. So um at makeshift we have we've had several kind of iterations of uh thinking about this. Um, when we started, the idea was to make products that gave a leg, a leg up to the little guy. So we didn't want to be, you know, doing big products. We didn't want to be doing enterprisey things. You know, we just wanted to be making little tools that, um, you know, helped local small businesses, that kind of stuff. That kind of evolved to be making tools for startups, um, which is kind of what our current portfolio of products are like. They're all kind of mm-hmm. focused on that. I think with everything we make... Um, at least it makes shift because, you know, it's a business. I think one of the key things is how are we going to make money from this thing? You know, is this actually a business or is this, you know, just like, are we just showing off or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're definitely getting wind of, uh, I guess, people being like bored with um, the model where you, you know, get 10 million users, get 100 million users, then put some ads on the platform or, you know, get yeah. sell it to Yahoo. It seems like a disingenuous mm-hmm. way of solving products. Um, I think those kinds of things are cool as well. Like I, I work on loads of stupid stuff in my, in my free time, but stuff that we're going to do as a business proposition, I think, you know, it has to be a business proposition kind of from the get go. Um, you know, there's other kind of signals there as well. Like, is it something that makes us feel completely gross? So is it like an ad, advertising product or something mm-hmm. well fuck that i um, don't want to do that stuff um you know like generally it has to kind of help people has to help you know help people we care about um has to you know have some kind of money making potential i guess um in my spare time fuck like i've got no i've got really no uh criteria there at all it's literally like if it if i get inspired by it i'll try and make it in an evening or something and then i'll probably get bored of it for a couple of weeks and then come back to it so um at any one time, I've probably got like eight uh-huh. different projects I'm working on um, on my own. I pro- I should probably like just stop taking on new projects and like ship some of them because you know, that's, <laughs> that's also a valuable part of the process. Um, but I think, you know, as a learning tool, fuck, like the best thing you can do is just always like, if you have the time for it, always have yourself open to work on whatever inspires you right now because that's the best kind of learning. Like I just picked up this new framework the other day and I figured out a project I can use it with. And like, whilst I still give a shit about the, you know, the idea, well, you know, it's a great way for learning yeah. this new framework. So what's the, what's the framework? Um, so it's reactive cocoa. It's like an iOS. Um, it's an iOS framework for, um, shit, I'm not going to sell this very well. Uh, for doing kind of <laughs> functional reactive programming on iOS. It basically lets you do like loads hmm. of cool shit. Um, as, as far as I yeah we'll it. we'll link to it and i'll check it out that no that sounds yeah, really cool totally but like as just reading through the readme or something you're like okay this sounds like quite academic you know i can't think of anything to really apply this to um but as soon as you have an idea for it you know as soon as you have like a use case for it then fuck like let's just let's just, just hack on something all night no that's really cool i was actually going to follow up with what you're saying with how do you typically one thing I find myself when I'm at work, um, and I just do front-end development in-house at a, at a corporate E kind of company. It's still small, but we have a parent company that is a mm-hmm. sort of corporate E. Um, and I, I've noticed, and this is something that I believe that, you know, making sure you stay up with technology and trends and shit like that is more of an 
um, active sort of thing that you need to do versus passive, right? Like you're not like just mulling around on GitHub and you're like, oh, cool, something new. It's often you're like, oh, I have a problem I need to fix. And then you figure out how to fix it. And in the meantime, you learn something new. Do you ever find yourself like actively just like wanting to get your hands on some shit you've never done before? Yeah, totally, all the time. Um, I think that's um, like the main thing to do to keep up to date with our industry. Um, like I'm not under any impressions that the you know the tools we're using today will still be relevant in five years or ten years time or something like that. Um, but you know that's not the point. Like recently, I've been doing some iOS programming. That's not to become a great iOS programmer. It's to you know solve problems and to stay up to date and to you know to keep my brain ticking. Um, I think once you stop learning constantly, then you mm. start stagnating. And I don't think I ever really want to be doing that stuff. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, so you definitely have to be seeking out these new things. I think that's one of uh, the main reasons I think designers should code. You know, it's not to become the best front-end developer in the world if you don't want to do that. It's just because, you know, you need to have the kind of mindset that's constantly discovering new things. Um, and, you know, there'll be new, new things that come around tomorrow or in five years' time or ten years' time that we have no idea what they're going to be yet. You know, we just have to keep ourselves in the frame of mind that we're able to pick them up um, you know, when they come out. Uh, the, yeah, th- no, I think really another good cool. point uh, that you made really cool. that uh, I personally um, agree with and, and kind of do as well, in, um, I guess on a daily basis, is the whole just taking action. So when you have an idea or you have a thought, just begin on it or you know put effort toward it, take action on it. And if you don't finish it, that's okay. You have a base. You have something to go back to now versus just logging it in a list somewhere and then having to revisit it and start from scratch. Um, so I find that you know when projects pile up or those things piled up, personal and work, just just kind of focusing, you know, having focused bits of time on each so that at least they're all beginning to move. Um, and that's just uh, yeah, mm-hmm. personal. Well, mm. it's momentum, right? Yeah, you have to do something, otherwise nothing, you know, nothing ever gets done. Um, you don't want to be the kind of person who has all these great ideas and then, you know, never does anything them, on them. And in twenty years' time, being like, oh, I wish I, you know, I wish I'd worked on that. Um, just thinking about stuff doesn't make it happen. Um, you know, doing stuff constantly makes stuff happen. Um, you know, my problem is finishing stuff, but I guess I'll get to that. But I figure if I just do a mm-hmm. bit over here and a bit over here, then you know, go back to that thing for a while. You know, eventually, fuck. Hopefully, I'll ship like. 15 different products in a week and then nothing for another three years so yeah well i think i think we're all sort of in that similar position the the drew wilson's and sam sophists sophists of uh of the world are are sort of like a they're attainable unicorn but it's like Mm -hmm. a crazy crazy level of focus and drive which i think we all have it's just like you know, I to me, I sort of find it in- interesting, and Sam and I discussed this when we recorded um, our episode, but it's one thing to work uh, at a company that pays you a salary and work on stuff, and then it's another thing when you are responsible for making your own rent, um, yeah. so for getting that paid, right? So, like, I could, I could almost see it where, like, maybe Drew or Sam are in those positions where they're like, no one else is going to pay me unless I make make sure I get paid. So, absolutely, I'm going to bust this out. I'm going to I'm going to do my best that way. People pay me. Yeah. Um. So maybe it's a shift in mentality. Maybe it's a unicorn attribute that only you know the blessed have. Who knows? 
but we'll no, get I th- there. I think that's a great observation. Um, you know, when you are freelance and you know you have a week or two to ship a project, well, you damn well ship the project, mm-hmm. otherwise you don't get paid, and then you can't yeah. pay rent. Um, I yeah, I guess it's separating uh, personal projects like the the stuff I'm working on at the moment is you know, especially if they're free iOS apps, I'm never going to make a penny off them. So maybe I don't. Maybe that's why I don't feel mm-hmm. as motivated to get them out the door quicker. But I presume when Drew takes on a new project, he does some kind of you know back of the envelope calculation, you know about how long it should take him, you know whether or not it's going to make him money, you know that kind of stuff, which probably you know hypothesizing that makes it easier for him to get stuff out the door so constantly. Yeah, well, it probably helps him figure out which ones to work on too. If he knows that, you know, same thing in your scenario. If he's like, this is a free one, and this one I can probably pay, have someone pay two dollars for. I'm going to focus my time on that for now. And then maybe come back to the free one. Or maybe it's one of those. I feel like when um, Josh Long and Drew Wilson wrote the book Execute, I read it. And I feel like I could be misquoting here. Um, there's a part in there where he says, he's like, you know, if I can get it done within a week, weekend, then I'm going to do it. If it takes longer than that, it's probably not going to be as lucrative for me to do on in a business sense. Yeah. Um, so timing definitely goes into it too, I think. Yeah, definitely. I I just like the idea of how drew works you know he just just does something and again i read the book and i thought it was i thought it was excellent um you know one of the co-founders of makeshift um steph is again he's like just absolutely great at you know nailing uh, i guess an mvp or you know getting a first version out there in like no time Mm -hmm. at all um and you know sometimes i like set myself kind of hack weekends like on friday night coming back from work i'll think of uh think of a project idea and be like right i'm not going to do anything this weekend apart from hack on this stuff you know then by saturday evening well i probably get bored of it or something but hey you know i've learned a lot and i've started you know started yeah. something mm-hmm. so no that's true well it sounds like you've got you know whether you're sitting on a couch or at your desk or at a standing desk your brain's always moving um which is really really good and it's you know something in my opinion i think takes a really really long time to to learn to value that and understand that um with that being said, is there anything that like you would have told your younger self knowing where you are now? Yeah, I think the work-life balance thing is really important. Um, there have been times in my life where I just didn't have it figured out. Like, you know, now I might work in the evenings, but it's never like until 4 a.m. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's much more important to, I found now, to if you're going to work in the evenings, go to bed at like 11, get up early, do some exercise in the morning, that kind of stuff. Um, there have been points in my life where I was just completely maxed out, like working eight, to eight, nine hours a day, maybe even staying in the office, like really, really late, getting home, hacking on a project like all night, getting a couple of hours sleep. That really sucks. That's really not healthy. So whilst it's really great, I think, to be constantly motivated and inspired and constantly like learning new things and being excitable and stuff, that has to you know be at a certain level, like you know drew's the first one to say that he's constantly you know surfing and hanging out with his kids and stuff he's not working like 25 hours a day so you have to balance that stuff out and actually i think you know taking care of yourself you know staying healthy is probably the one thing that i wish i'd kind of paid attention to earlier mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah, it's no, certainly a theme um that uh, we've heard you know that we've heard in some other episodes is uh just uh, when you're in hustle mode you know you're an all-out hustle status that it's just you're working yourself to the bone uh, and then now, you know, it kind of catches up a little bit later and you, and you start to understand that, that, you know, sleep is important and it will help. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Yeah, you, you make way better decisions on seven hours sleep than you do on seven <laughs> minutes sleep or something. <laughs> that is uh, true. Yeah. 
Is I, there a... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, there's been this kind of rhetoric recently where people are like, oh, you know, you should only work from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and you should definitely never do any code or design in the evenings and you should definitely not do anything on the weekends. And again, I'm kind of like, well, this is really mm-hmm. fun. Like, you enjoy I, it. I want to do stuff when I, when I want to do it right. And I think that's fine. Um, it, too much dogma either way is bad, but, you know, definitely if you're, you know, if you're being healthy, if you're still making time for your friends and family and stuff, then, you know, it's all good. Yeah, well, I think I think you said it best is you know when you want to do it. I like I was up last night till like two thirty three coding on something, um, knowing that I had nothing to do today until two p.m. Um, so I'd get enough sleep, and I was like, I really wanted to do it. So I think it's it's what's more important is you figure out when you want to do what you want to do because that's when you're going to give it your all. Yeah, absolutely. Not feeling compelled to do anything, you know, and definitely not having some boss who makes you stay in the office till ten p.m. every night and stuff. That's yeah. not cool. Well, autonomy is is a great motivator. When you don't have autonomy, you're like, fuck it, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so we're coming towards the the end of the show. Um, we're up to the last question, which is the dun, dun, dun. Um, notorious secret, yeah, secret fun time question. It's different on each mm-hmm. show. Oh. I think we. So what's interesting is we usually pick the question before we speak with our guests because we don't want it to be biased to the topic or anything like that. What's crazy is that this actually works really well with all the stuff we talked about. So the question is this, um, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, um, Tim Cook, any, any of these well-known, well, uh, overly successful million multi-gajillionaires come to you and they say, I'll give you a million dollars to launch your product or, or your idea. What's your idea? Ha, right, right now. now. Um, right now. Shit. There's this one that I've just started working on. This is like top secret, but fuck it, it's my idea. I'll probably never ship it anyway. Um, <laughs> there's <clears throat> the best products that we make, uh, products when people definitely you know, get value from them and um, and you know make money from them. So that's the kind of stuff we've been working on at Makeshift, you know, stuff that helps other startups make money. Um, I guess one of the things that I've got on the back burner is like some way to help non-finance oriented people run better startups so you know like imagine like a really glorified um cash flow spreadsheet it sounds really really lame and i've tried explaining it to loads of people this week Mm -hmm. um but i just want to make like an app that like helps designer founders and engineer founders um you know run great businesses um Mm -hmm. and you know that's something that will be invaluable to you whether you're a you know, two-person ramen startup or you've just been in YC or, you know, or you're doing stuff on your own. Um, so, yeah, it's a tool that I'm going to start working on um, to help, you know, non-finance, non-businessy people. Okay, cool. So we're going to go smart. ahead no, and like uh, the, take that I one. Like that. So thank you. going to just steal that. And uh, um, so But we're going to ask... We're gonna ask one more because we saw this. Yeah, cool. it, so we were we were torn between two of them. That was the practical um, one. And... Yeah, that was okay. the practical one. We have another one. I'm trying to find it. I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, here it goes. Okay. Um, a, pengu- a penguin walks through your front door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say to you and why is he there? <laughs> wearing a sombrero? Yes. Well, it's pretty cold in England right now, so I'm guessing he's just been like chilling out nice. in the coldness. Um Okay sombrero i don't know is he like a burrito delivery penguin because that would be completely there you go 
he can be whatever kind of yeah, penguin you there. want. It sounds like Here's he's, your a, burrito. Yeah, he's a burrito delivery penguin. Oh my god, what's he say to me? I don't know. Is this supposed to be like mm-hmm. intellectual no. or something? Cause nah, I, man. It's whatever you okay. want it to be. If he could say like, dude, do you want a burrito? That would be absolutely perfect for me right now. I'm starving. <laughs> perfect, man. Go and get that's yourself perfect, a burrito. Dude. Nice. Oh, man. Yeah, that's great. Well, John, um, thanks for having you on the show. Do you have any, uh, yeah, exactly. anything you want to plug? Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, fuck it. Um, go check out hiremyfriends.io. Um, it's the recruitment product I've been working on. Um, if you've, uh, if you're looking for work, go sign up and you'll find a sweet job. Um, if you're looking to hire people, um, sign up as a company, maybe drop me an email and I'll let you straight in and we can hook you up with a sweet designer developer. Cool, John. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, where can people communicate with you on the Twitters? What's the username? Yeah. So at John Gold on Twitter, um, that's definitely the best place to contact me. And it's J-O-N, right? J-O-N, gold, G-O-L-D. Yeah, that's it. All right, well, John, thanks for having you. Thanks for joining us on the show tonight, um, today. Tonight for you, today for us, whatever. Um, (laughs) Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, Yeah, man, have a good one. Cool, see you later.